0: Welcome to the No Referees Podcast, where we have unpenalized conversations with sports personalities on industry news, their grind, the game, and much more. Please check us out on our social media pages at no Referees Pod for up-to-date info on the show. No rules, no texts, no whistles. This is No Referees Podcast. Welcome back to the No Referees Podcast. I'm your host, Eversaka Joby, Bring you the specialist of the special editions that we have ever on this show. As always, you can find us on our social media pages at No Referees Pod and on our YouTube channel, No Referees Podcast. I'm so excited about this interview. I can't even, I'm sweating down the side of my earlobes right now. (laughs) I'm joined by a new head coach at Mount Vernon Academy Girls Basketball Program. In 2010, she led Xavier Women's Balfour Program to one of two elite eight appearances of program history on the Hills of a 30-win season. You can find her everywhere on her social media pages at Special Jennings and on her team's social media pages at MVAGBB, Cleveland's very own Special Jennings. What up?
1: <laughs> that was such a uh such a dramatic intro but i appreciate you <laughs> hey
0: you know i gotta make sure that i keep it i keep it i keep it uh dramatic for you you know what i'm
1: saying <laughs> no hey, it. and look and look it.
0: before before we get into it i gotta i gotta i gotta jam a couple of quick seconds of what a one of your artist's favorite song Hey. Yeah, gotta get it with a little baby. Me baby. Cause I you a champion. Than my my hey. Okay. Special <laughs> Jennings. Spe- spe- special Jenny. Head coach. How does that title feel when people say that to you now?
1: Uh, I mean, it's you know it is what it is. It's I don't feel any different as as Saying I'm the head coach as opposed to saying I'm the associate head as opposed to saying assistant. Um, I think that you know the job is the job, and and I'm just looking forward to to getting started and actually getting to some some real live action.
0: Yeah, well we'll get into everything, Montver here in a moment. Uh, I, one thing I want to mention real quick, I saw on your social media page that you was like, I got this purple on. How does purple look on me now? You know, this is not you got used to purple. Purple, my favorite color. I think purple look great on you. You know what I'm saying?
1: Okay. I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm adapting. Obviously, LeBron at, at the, you know, with the Lakers, Kobe with the Lakers. Hey. I like that Lakers feel going on right now. So you know, we're purple <laughs> gold, and, and I'm wear, I'm wearing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, following the team and learn more about, you know, just the prep school and uh, your girls on the team. And uh, it's so exciting for me being a close friend of yours. And we'll get into all that here in a moment. But as you know, being the, the co-host of the Doe no Freeze podcast, we start off all our interviews with our guests. With asking them what their very first experience with a referee was, be it good or bad. So tell the people, you know, people that follow you back in the day, they know you was a bulldog. So tell us, what was that first time you got into with a referee or first, first experience with a referee back in the day?
1: Um, I would have to say well, my high school coach, or he was my my younger coach then too, Melvin Burke. I think just watching him, man, we got into a uh, a situation one time with an official where he he kind of <laughs> he kind of just went off on her and. I think that that rubbed off on me and I kind of got fouled and the ref didn't call it. And I got up and smacked the ball and won and kind of tossed the ball right away. Tech, So um, I don't think it was nothing that that was kind of like, you know, me being. I I just think I was full of energy. I was I was feeding off what what Burke had going and, and, uh, you know, just that competitive nature came out. Um, So it wasn't nothing extreme. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know that every day you got that fiery personality. Every time we talk, it's always something that I know that you always take those moments from back in the day. Uh, I know w- when we did our interview with Jantel Lavender, you, you know, y'all talked about Coach Burke and some of the, the lessons you guys learned back in the day. Talk about some of those early days uh, as Special Jennings as a person, and as a Hooper.
1: Uh, I think the earlier days for me, um, my upbringing was a, was a little difficult. And so, um, it it was different. I used basketball as an outlet, you know, Bert and and Bert wasn't even the first person to discover me. Um, Brett Moore was. And so Brett introduced me to Bert. And then, you know, from there, you know, Bert came to my grandmother's house, started, started, you know, he kind of saw me at the rec, tried to talk to me. And I was kind of like, nah, I don't talk to strangers. And, you know, my house, so my grandmother's house was right across the street from, from Woodhill Park. And so um, he, he came and came across the street to my grandmother's house, knocked on the door and introduced himself to her. And, and, you know, him and my grandmother had a a long conversation. And after that, you know, we had been – he began to train me and I began to play in all, like, the little leagues and things like that with him. Um, I think that it was great that I played for a few different people, you know, because outside of Burke I played – you know, I started playing AAU for all Ohio, which was Johnny Bethea and Will McKinney and and those guys, um, which was – it's a different look because it's under a different scope. Um, the ball, I wouldn't say it was too different. It wasn't that much different, but I was playing with a different caliber um, players. And so I think that that ultimately made me better. and um, made me grow. And, you know, just high school, you know, I played, you know, first at East Tech and and Chris Sanders and, and you know, William Stovall and, and those guys, um, that basketball was different. So I was able to see, you know, different different phases of the game and just kind of, take the good with the bad, and, and kind of built myself from there.
0: So, so growing up in Cleveland, there's a lot of talk and a lot of reputation about Cleveland <laughs> hoopers, Cleveland football players, Cleveland athletes, and a lot of them I, I, you know, a lot of them you're great friends with. You know, talk, tell me some of the, the top five uh, best athletes to come from Cleveland, uh, excluding Special Jennys.
1: Excluding me, are we talking ball? Or are we? We talk talking about we're gonna talk about every every sport
0: all together. Some some of the best athletes come from Cleveland. As yeah, you talk about coming from them parks, coming from East High, coming from you know Akron, coming <laughs> from Canton, wherever you want to call oh, it Cleveland. Man.
1: <laughs> Look, you gotta start with LeBron. And if you gonna throw Akron and Canton there, you know, LeBron is Um Akron, which you know, I, I think. He loved Akron, but Brian from Cleveland. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he he loved Akron though. Obviously, um, you know LeBron James, um, you know, Gento Lavender, of course. You yeah. know, people say what you want, but but absolutely, um, Barbara Turner, you, you got to give it to her. Um, Wanda Ford, who came before before all of us. Um, you know, I I think the Earl Boykins, obviously, <laughs> Cleveland native. NBA real small guy you know I think everybody was trying to mimic that um you know then you had guys like Chet Mason who's really good played in the NBA as well um you know the Johnsons those guys over at Garfield you had you know if you're talking football you, know, you can just put I'm just gonna say Glenville put that <laughs> under that umbrella because they have so many guys that's 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 done it at a high level and guys that's still competing at a high level you know I was watching the Saints yesterday and, and Justin Hardy and those guys were, were still playing Lattimore. And so, you know, there's a lot of guys, my cousin, Shane, Wynn, you know, there, there's a lot of guys that's, that's come from, from there. Um, you know, I can keep going. Tag right. junior. I can, you know, I, <laughs> I can go on and on. So, um, you know, Cleveland has produced a lot of, a lot of great, great um, athletes. So, and, so, and so so is, I,
0: is there something in that Cleveland water, the lake over there? What's going on over there?
1: I don't know about the lake now. I ain't drinking that lake water now. You stay away from <laughs> stay away from that. But um uh,
0: <laughs> the winter air or what?
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's just all about that grind. You know, we, we I feel like a lot of us are, are playing for, you know, a, a better opportunity, a better life. And when you, you know, when you come from where we come from and you see the things you see, and you you know, we don't have those um advantages as a as a as a as a adolescent, as a child, um, we use that sport as our vehicle to get to get out that environment and just just to do better um, myself I knew that I had to get a scholarship and I could get could have got an academic scholarship but um, just I knew I had to get some sort of scholarship because you know no one in my family could pay for me to, to go to college and so you know myself you know a lot of people are just like that and they they use that to fuel them and that fuel turns into that that dog mentality that dog mentality turns into you know I'm gonna outwork everybody and that turns into now, you, you know, you, you're putting yourself in position to, to excel and, and go beyond. And so, um, yeah, I, I just think that that's just the mentality that, that we have.
0: Let's stay right there. You mentioned a second ago that you had to get a scholarship. You've worked with athletes that uh, – you've, you've recruited athletes, and now you're working with athletes that are, are going through the recruitment process. Talk about your own personal recruitment process and what you learned, and give me a story or two from your time and how you ended up at Xavier and at when a lot of other big schools came calling.
1: Um, I just think that the process is the process. You kind of got to – you know, you have to, to – to, kind of go with the pace and go with the flow and, and figure out, A, what you want, you know, what type of environment you want to be in, how do you thrive, how do you learn, all of those things. Because you can go somewhere because everyone else wants you to go there and you can hate it. And it'd be the worst experience, um, you know, of your life. But you can go somewhere that, that really suits you and who you are as an individual and the goals and aspirations that you have and really excel and thrive there. And I think that the process was that for me. Um, along with me knowing that you know Amber Harris is already at Xavier, Tashia Phillips is going to Xavier. You know, to me, you need a triangle to be to be to be great. Obviously, everyone else is 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 a big key part of the puzzle. But you know, when you got that core, that foundation, um, there there's going to be some success there. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons I chose Xavier. Um, along with you know, academically very strong academically, I know that you know, when somebody see you, you have a degree from Xavier and, you know, the, the job is yours. Um, and I'm not knocking any other school. I'm just saying that, you know, Xavier is a phenomenal academic school. Um, and then, you know, we didn't have football. So basketball was the, you know, basketball was the. Creme de la creme. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so, so you're going here and you know that, you know, your you're head honcho, your top priority, um, you know, who, who doesn't want to go, you know, I didn't want. Think about it. You go to Alabama. You get lost in the, the you get yeah. lost in the sauce with football. You really right. don't have your own platform. Um, sometimes, it, it, in a way, it, it seems that way. So, um, just just there was a, a lot of things, and then obviously the head coach. You know, Kevin Mcguff. Love Kevin. Um, for me, it was just he was super family oriented. Um, his wife um, probably love his wife more um, because she just she's just a realistic person. Just her aura, um very motherly, very, you know, and this was before they, they had children, but she was just her spirit, you know, when you when you can feel somebody's spirit, it's just like, man, yeah, this this is it. Um and then the assistant coaches, you know, what's what what's crazy though is that the assistant coaches that were recruiting me to come to Xavier uh were no longer at Xavier. So um mm-hmm. there was one. Um, Amber Stocks was still there. But we had three Basic three new assistant coaches, and when I got to Xavier, you know, when I first got there, or when I was first being recruited, it was um, Kristen, it was um, Mike Bradbury, and Tasha Pointer. And so once I signed and committed and everything, you know, that next season, it was you know none of those none of those coaches were there. You know, Mike got a head coaching job at um, Morehead, I believe. Um, yeah, Morehead State and Tasha went to Rutgers, and then Kristen, what did Kristen, uh, I'd be lying if I said I remember where Kristen Cole, where she went, um, but she ended up going somewhere else, so we ended up getting uh, Mike Neighbors, Carla Morrow, and uh, who was that third, Mike Neighbors, Carla Morrow, oh, and Amber, Stocks was still there, and then, um, you know, when once Amber left, then Amy Waugh came, and so, yeah, man, it, it was just – it was different. Luckily, the coaches that came in and filled that spot, like, they were – they didn't drop off. It was like, you know, Mike Neighbors was phenomenal. You know, you got to love Mike. Carla, that's my road dog. You know, she she was the one that was really, like, tightening me up and understood, like, you know, where I was coming from and, and knew how to, you know, kind of um, talk to me and, and kind of yoke me up if she needed to, but also give me that, that, that sisterly advice. Um, and then, you know, Amber Stocks was more the mother. You know, she had, like, a motherly aura, you know, to her. She was very charismatic. Um, well, she would get on you now. But um, she, she, you know, everybody was different. But I think all those pieces is what made the experience great for me.
0: Right. So... Let's let's sit right there, going to Xavier. Now, everybody knows who knows you. And if you don't know, y'all better Google her, because she will tell you to Google her and YouTube her real quick. Special Jenny Jenny was a dog with a -A D-A-W-G when she was at Xavier. But initially, when she arrived on campus in Cincinnati, she didn't start. You didn't start right away. You know, so coming in, so highly recruited, so highly talented, Ohio zone. It was such a big deal for you to come to Xavier, staying in in state. What was those dealings like when you didn't get a chance to start right away, and how did what did you learn from those experiences your first year?
1: Um, so, you know, like I like I try to explain to people, me not starting had nothing to do with with me not you know being the best point guard. Um, you know that that wasn't the case. You know, and I say this, I think that our you know the, per, the person that was starting was phenomenal and great teammate and all those great things. But, um, do I think that I was better for the job? Absolutely. I it had nothing to do with skill, and so. Um, you know, when I came in, like I said, I explained what it's like to to grow up in Cleveland. So I had this mentality that, you know, man, I I got it, you know, and if I ain't got it, I'm gonna go get it, and I know it, and I know it all. And, and, you know, everybody's against me. So I got to, you know, I kind of got to bark at everybody. And that wasn't the case. You know, I had to learn that um, listening, first and foremost, you know, got to be smart enough to know that we don't know enough. And so listening and being coachable, um, those were those were two key components for me. Um and until I got it, you know, Kevin Kevin stayed the course. He was not gonna start me until I understand understood, you know, why we were where we were. And so once I once I learned the lesson, you know, at first obviously as as a eighteen year old kid, I'm I'm you know, I'm pissed. I'm pissed off. Like when he started me, I'm you know, those type of things without understanding the message behind everything and, and once once I once I got that, you know, it was it was no looking back.
0: When you understood those messages and those lessons, those lessons, how did you, as you got older down the career, your your junior, senior years and more of a seasoned veteran, how did you relate that to the younger kids coming in um to let them know, hey, don't take it personal, you gotta listen, understand, et cetera?
1: Um, I think it was different because we had So I I think our class was a little, um, and for the transfers that came in as well, you know, we had some great transfers that come in, you know, um, that, that were, you know, leaders as well. I think that when I first got there, um, I didn't feel like, you know, no one had latched on to me to, to, to properly say, Hey, this is how we do it. This is, this is what we're doing. You know, this is how you need to do it. Blase, blase. Um, I think that everybody was so, um, fixed on winning a position or outdoing someone or, you know, so it it didn't click for me with, with, with my teammates right away. And so I think the difference when I became um, a vet or when I became an upperclassman, I think that, you know, Tyra and those other young ladies that came under, you know, you, you grab hold of them and you, you say, yo, this is how we do things. This is what it looks like. This is what we're doing. I mean, you still obviously give them that kick in the butt when they need it, but but just them kind of feeling like you're you know, they're able to come to you and talk to you about things. Um, I think that kinda of was was the difference for me. And again, it could be different for all my other teammates. I'm not speaking for them. You know, this is just my opinion on, on things that happened with with me.
0: Let me take a time out to tell you about my friends over at Soul Lounge, Houston's premier boutique for the latest fashions. Chinatown Market? Check. BBC? You know they got all that. You know Adidas? Man, they got all of that stuff, too. The swag, the footwear, Yeezys. Man, they got everything. No Referees Podcast and Soul Lounge is partnered up to bring you a special offer for listening to this episode. Go online to soulloungehtx.com. And enter promo code NO RULES to get 20% off your entire purchase. That's NO RULES, all one word, all caps. Soul Lounge. Live what you love. Well, let's get a special Jenny Xavier first-year freshman story. Obviously, you, you were there. We interviewed Jantel Lavender. She gave us a story about how they didn't want to <laughs> give her the sandwiches her first year. They didn't want to give her no food. or They, they told her she had wait at 6 o'clock in the morning when she really didn't have to show up. Give me a story from special Jenny first year uh, that you, that just blows your mind still to this day.
1: Um, I don't know if I have a, a crazy one like Tel had, but um, I would say, like, Man, I think the most cra- – the craziest thing I did was, like, on my visit, I told – so one the, the point guard that was there was a senior, but the, the, the other guard was a sophomore or a junior. I, I believe she was a sophomore or a freshman maybe. I forget what, what grade she was in. But I, I think on my visit, I told her, like, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to come here and I'm starting. And so, <laughs> like, just – and I meant it. and And I meant that. Like, you know, so there was no – you know, Cleveland, baby, we, we say what we mean, mean what we say, and, and don't care, you know, how you feel about it, and, and so I think at that point, I think everybody was looking at me like, oh, she crazy, Um, so that, <laughs> that probably was some of the craziest thing, obviously, I have all types of stories and stuff we used to do, you know, um, man, riding down hills, we golfing in the dorm, breaking windows, uh we, you know, we, we were we were out of
0: line so <laughs> but, but you were out of line because y'all knew y'all was the 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 the, the big ones on campus can't really nobody tell y'all nothing, duh. yeah I don't think it was so much of that
1: I think that when you when you win games man I think people keep stuff under the rug like okay <laughs> well, we see talk,
0: it this time. <laughs> <laughs> well let's let's talk about winning games most people that know you again know that you are all about winning you know your four years at Xavier you could pop a conference record of 52 and four. You rarely lost, and I don't even think you even know how to lose. And I think that when people know your coaching mentality, they know that you hate to lose because you rarely lost. Uh, Your junior year, y'all went to to Elite Eight, as I mentioned, at the outset. Y'all won 30 games, only four losses. So let's talk about, you know, that experience, you know, when y'all went to the, the NCAA tournament. Talk about what it's like to have the whole city behind you, the whole campus and all that behind you, making a push to the NCAA tournament.
1: Oh man, that's like you you at the top of your game at that point. Like, you know, everybody, you know, for the ones that that really don't like you to the ones that do like you. You know, everybody is is when you're when you're in that moment, everybody's part of the success. Like, you wouldn't believe how many people how many <laughs> people out came the out the woodwork. Yeah, well, came out the woodwork. You yeah, you you the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe how many people come out the woodwork and and <laughs> say that, you know, they had a hand in in all of that, but how many? How many
0: new family members did you have?
1: Man, <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell you. Listen, everybody. Everybody was uh my cousin. Everybody. Oh yeah, man, man. We used to play back in the day, or you know things like that. So um, it was big for Cincinnati. It was big for the city. Obviously, the, you know the University of Cincinnati is is an area that's our crosstown rival. Um, you know, not no, not to them, but obviously we. Xavier, Xavier, baby. So we we ain't even got it, <laughs> but um, you know we 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 were at the top of our game. I think that it was great for Cincinnati people. People really enjoyed coming to the games, and you know those those young girls seeing that you can you can compete at that level at, at a smaller school. You don't have to go to to UConn to to be top five in the, in the country. You know you just got to go somewhere where where you can you can grow, become good, and be seen. And you know that's what it was about, and just Man, the, the support was was like I said, it was unbelievable. Uh, kind of surreal. And it was just those were the best, you know, those were the best days of my college college time.
0: Most people don't know again when you make it to the NCAA tournament and with David, y'all got plenty I got big bags over there. So y'all was always flying charter and all that. But you know, when you get to the NCAA tournament, you get the police escort, you get the tournament gifts, you get all that kind of stuff. Talk about some of those things that you experienced uh, and those kind of like uh, perks of making the tournament
1: um yeah of course the the gifts are nice I mean obviously when you can get when you can get things out of when you know when you you're getting celebrated for doing something great and you can get things out of it that's always great um you know that's major you know the all the other stuff you know sometimes it's like oh my god it's great but sometimes it's annoying because you're on such a schedule where you know you got to wait for an escort and it's like man why can't I just walk across the street like, you know like <laughs> so it's it, it was great to, to get that publicity, to get that, you know, to feel like ah, I'm walking on water. It's cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I'm trying to get to the gym, like I just want to get to the gym. I don't want to, you know, all the extra, you know, that's taking time away from, you know, I'm focused on, you know, what's at hand, which is, which is the game. And at this, this point, you know, that's, that's all that matter. And so um, you can kind of, you know, depending on who you are, you can kind of sometimes lose focus um, and, and that stuff can be chaotic. Um, but you know, it's it's, it's great. Obviously, riding, got the police escort, got the motorcycles and all that. that. stuff is cute. Um, so you know, to each his own. It, it didn't really move me that much. What's,
0: last thing on Xavier? Uh, it's so term, What's special Jennings pregame ritual look like? What's your, what what was your pregame meal look like? You gotta get your pregame nap in, or you know, you had a certain type of music to listen to. What, what was your whole pregame little thing hour hour two hours going into the game? What got you ready?
1: Um, yeah, so I, I would I would take a nap. Um, obviously give me give me a little nap in and I was real finicky with the food. So, um right when we got up and got ready to get on the bus, um, Nicole Like, who was our, our dobo at the time, she um I would have me a, a lunchable. Um, so she had me a lunchable and I had that and of course I'm you know. I was listening to, 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 to my ratchet music. I, I needed, you know, I wasn't listening to, uh, <laughs> I had to be pumped up. So I was crime mobbed out back then. I was, I was you know, T.I., crime mob. I was Gucci main, was, I was all of those things. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. I didn't really, do too much talking, just had my, my headphones in and just mentally, like, visualizing the things that I wanted to accomplish within the game um, as a team and then, you know, individually.
0: Great. We're joined again, uh, if you're just now tuning in to No Referees Podcast, we're joined by the Montverde Girls Head Basketball Coach Special Jennings. You can find her at Special Jennings and her team page at NBA GBB. Uh Coach Jennings, let's talk about your transition from your college career to your pro and coaching career. Uh, most people say that point guards or guards in general are like coaches on the floor, extensions of coaches on the floor and run the show, things of that nature. At what point did you realize – uh, I can get to – I can be a coach, and it's something I want to do.
1: Um, I, I knew I was going to coach when I was a player. Um, I just had that niche that, you know, I've always admired my coaches that, that I had growing up, um, you know, from like I said, when you're growing up, you know, and it's kind of tough and things like that, like, you know, your coaches are like your – they're like your extended parent. You're spending a lot of time with them. And so you are – you know, you, you get – you know, you get your core values and things like that from your parents, but coaches instill so much more um, into you um, aside from your parents that, you know, I've always admired my coaches. And so I knew, you know, as a player, like, man, I I know the game, you know, teach, you know, basically, like you said, an extension of, of the head coach. So I'm coaching in practice. I'm calling plays. I'm, you know, I'm already doing those things. And so, it just, it just always felt natural and comfortable and felt like something that, that I would be doing.
0: Let's talk about the coaching career you embarked on the last few years before you get to my Verde. We got tons of questions from Mount that we're going to ask you. Well, let's talk about some of the influences that you've had on your coaching career. Tell me a few people that you've taken from or took from. Um, over your over your, your, your assistant coaching career and your playing career, that you have now kind of going to embody into your you being a, a head coach now.
1: Um, I think that you you kind of just watch a lot of ball, and you know, no one invented the wheel, so you, you kind of just take away um, a little bit from everybody. I know that you know Don Staley and, and and Coach Yo and, and um, Carolyn Peck and a lot of other people that that are you know African American women that, that that women that's done it. Um kind of just admire and, and try to model that, um, but then still knowing that you know your path is going to be different, your journey is going to be different, everybody's everything looks different, but to know that you can be yourself and still you know reach whatever goal you have in mind um that's that's always been big for me, you know um, I love what what, what Don does though, you know, from her being at temple and me playing against her uh, when I was at Xavier to me playing against her. Um, when she first got to South Carolina, um, just just seeing her growth and how she's developed all those teams over the years has been phenomenal. Um, you know that that's big. So you know, like I said, I you know you kind of when you're watching the game basketball, you kind of taking from a little bit from everybody. I love you know I really admire what what Curly, Kelly Graves does out at Oregon. I think offensively he is you know he's a guru. Um, so you know he's taking you know, just uh, I follow that because you know he coached me. So uh, um, being accustomed to to seeing him grow as a coach and his different systems as he's he's ran at a different place, it is different than Washington. So and Ohio State is different as ever because you know the caliber of players are different. So just watching his growth. Uh, what Mike David, what Mike Neighbors has done. Um, he is a numbers guy. He is a you know, he can tell you what percentage you you shot from your first year to your, whether you play 10 years or two years, you know, he, he's a numbers guy, he's very analytical. Um, I've always admired that about him. You know, I'm not super analytical. Obviously I can give you the basis of, you know, what ne- needs to be known, but he's, he's so in depth with it. Like his, his mind is different. Um, so just, you know, I admire a lot of people um, and, and what they're doing and, and, you know, like I said, you kind of just take from, from different people.
0: As you know, Coach Jennings, that a lot of coaches listen to our podcast. A lot of up and coming coaches listen to our show. You know, kind of give them the the background and the, the 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 information on the interview process. You know, a lot of assistant coaches aspire to be head coaches. You know, take us through the journey of you know when that phone rang from my Ver till to today. You know, what was that whole process like for you, and what kind of advice you give to to assistant coaches trying to move up.
1: Um, I think that you have to know, again, know yourself and, and what you're looking for and, and what your goals are and, and what it is that you want to accomplish. Um, it's hard, if, you know, you can't just jump into situations because every situation don't suit you. Everything is not for you. And so that that's the first thing. And knowing who you are, A, as a person, and then who you want to be as a coach. Um, I think, I think you have to know that because when you go into these interviews, you know, they're going to ask you, you know, who are you? Who is, you know, who is special Jennings, you know, not, not coach special Jennings, who is special Jennings, you know, they, they want to get to know that component. Um, and then, you know, who are, you know, who is special Jennings as a coach? What can you bring to the table? You know, why do you think that you are the, you know, the fit for the job? Why should we pick you? You know, those things. So, um, you know, I think you just got to know, you have to know going in what you're applying for and what you're signing up for and be clear on, what you're looking for, and, and you know, hopefully, the, you know, whoever's interviewing you are clear on what they're looking for. And if it, if it makes sense, then it makes sense.
0: Okay, that's a great answer I appreciate that I know uh, talking to you being a close friend of yours confidant you know I talked to you all the time when you were going through the interview process and every day that we spoke about like man this job is yours because why, why wouldn't you want to hire a special day to be your head coach in the face of your organization like how you said you got that Cleveland mentality you come in like this is my job this is my spot like why wouldn't I want that so I know every day we spoke about it I just knew you was going to get the job I knew it was a good fit for you
1: Thanks, e. I-, I felt the same way um, you know, first thing, you know, I, I talked to the boys basketball side of it, and, you know, then I got to, you know, speaking to the you know, assistant A B and then the A D and then, you know, the, the headmaster of the school and and um I think all of them put their put their responses together and things like that and, and thought that you know I would be the fit for the you know fit for the job.
0: So we have we have Mount Verde, yeah, yeah, Mount Verde Academy now, you know, your first 30 yep. days. On the job, what is Coach Jennings doing first 30 days on the job? What, you learn how to get to work. You learn you got to find a place to live. You, you got to learn how to get gas. You got to learn where the, the bathroom is at. You know, what's Coach Jennings' first 30 days on the job, being on campus at Mount What that look like?
1: I think, you know, for me, a lot of it was, A, you know, getting here and actually getting, getting situated as far as myself, um, taking care of that, finding a place, you know, moving in and getting, getting settled um the second thing you know the, the most important thing outside of myself finding somewhere to live was to me actually getting here and getting to know the young ladies that that were here um I thought that that was the, the you know the biggest thing because you know I'm a new coach they've had some you know they had Laura last year and and you know the year before Laura they had someone different and so you know the ones that's been freshmen has had three different you know this is this is your third coach. And so I wanted to get in and kind of just introduce myself and get to know them um, and make them as comfortable as possible because, you know, that tra- transition can be different, not to mention, you know, their kids. And so change is different and that's, for, that's for everybody. And so that, that was the biggest thing for me. Um, the next thing was, like you said, just learning the school, uh, learning the ins and ins and out um, of the facilities. You know, we have you know three different basketball gyms. They're, they're, Four fields, swimming, we have equestrian, you know, just different things of how to, you know, when I'm talking to people, you know, to properly um, display my birth and, and what we what we offer and what we stand for. And so so that was big.
0: So I know you get this question all the time. You know, you're a big culture, culture person. You know, what's going to be the culture that you're setting in your foundation with your program there, different from like how you said the previous uh, people that have been there?
1: Um, Gritty. I think that you know, and again, I think that Laura Harper and and E.C. Hill has done a phenomenal job. I, I'm not doing anything to, you know, I'm I'm not, you know, the foundation is there. They laid the foundation, uh, and I and I think that's phenomenal. Um, I just think that you know, to to move forward, you know, we're just gonna be gritty, just hung, you know, hard, smart. We're gonna defend, communicate, we're gonna be disciplined. You know, that's that's. Like the biggest thing, that that discipline component. Um that that's huge. Um and so, you know, I, I think that's gonna take us a, a, a long way.
0: Talk about, you know, gritty uh, again, that gritty Cleveland. Yeah, I knew when I asked you that question, I knew it was gonna be like tough or grit or grind. I knew it was gonna be one of them answers. I actually had it on my notes. She's gonna say something about being uh, some dog a dog mentality. I knew it was gonna be something like that, just knowing you. So coming in. You know, you got a, a a great group of players. A lot of highly touted players, national team players. Uh, what kind of challenges have you seen so far, just from learning just their names, learning where they're from? So I know you got a big international presence. Um, you know, getting the kids coming back in with this COVID situation. You know, what kind of challenges have you faced so far early on into your tenure?
1: So COVID is is just I think everybody across the country is is facing challenges with that. Um, obviously, with the with the trying to social distance and make sure that, you know, we're on protocol with with our safety measures and, and keeping our kids healthy. Um, you know, the hardest part is that, you know, we're a boarding school. And so that, you know, our young ladies board and, and, you know, but we also have day students. So there are, you know, students that do not board that that do not stay on campus. And just when they're, when they're, when they're mixing in, just, you know, again, like I said, you're seeing it across the country, the concern of, you know, are the people that's not staying on campus, are they, you know, when they're away, are they practicing social distancing? Are they wearing a mask? Are they washing their hands? Blah, 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 blah. Because we are working hard to, um, to kind of just keep it safe and, and, and keep it, you know, to be able to, to have a season, Um, you know, that that safety has to be come first. Um, So that, that in itself is, was a challenge. Um, I think the language part, you know, my girls speak English, um, but it's actually, it's, it's fun because there's, you know, The kids from Chile, Mexico, uh, um, and uh, Nor—not Norway—I have a kid from Norway, but um, Lithuania. You know, some of those kids speak Spanish. Some, you know, so I, I try to, you know, as a coach, I'm trying to make sure I'm I'm getting in with everybody, and so I'm learning you know, different little phrases so that yeah, I can bilingual, say to like Bilingual bilingual Coach Jennings here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know 18 right. languages up
0: here. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> you, know that, you know, your next interview speaking
1: Spanish and speaking chicken. That, look, that, that's, that's going to be the goal, man. I may have a couple plays that might be in a different language so that the t- other team don't know what's going on. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, like I think that. that, you know, for me, yeah, for me, it's just showing them that I'm, I'm you know, I'm trying to, to adjust and adapt and, and get to know them and, and build that relationship and build that bond and that chemistry, um, you know, and understand that, you know, there is a language barrier and that some things, you know, we may, you may not understand. And there are some things that I may not understand, um, but us working together as a unit to kind of figure that, figure that stuff out. Um, you know, that's, that's the best way to go about it.
0: The Simple Pour is a beverage concierge service specializing in creating flavorful crafted punches for all of your events and needs. From their house favorites to the custom creations, they have a beverage that's going to satisfy every taste bud you have. Certified mixologist Kevin Barber literally pours his heart into each beverage. You have the individual 12-ounce bottles or if you want to step it up to the big boy gallon. Some of the heavy hitters on the menu include tequila blues with that fresh citrus, fan favorite green goblin and my favorite henny punch no referees podcast and the simple pour mixed up a new drink for you enjoy 15% off your entire purchase by logging on to the website thesimplepourhtx.com enter promo code no referees 15 at the time of checkout the simple pour simple name extraordinary taste you mentioned uh, plays and running plays. So talk about your style of play. You know, this is your first head coaching, uh, official head coaching job. I feel like you've been a head coach all these years, uh, all the time that I've known <laughs> you. So talk about what kind of style of play you're going to have, you know, coming you know, into your first year. Is you, your team going to play fast, possession game, system game, change a person, change your philosophy that you think based upon your personnel? You know, kind of give us a little insight of what kind of special Jennings type of team you expect to see
1: on the floor. Um, So obviously, you know, teaching them how to play as opposed to teaching them plays. Um, I think that we're going to, you know, we're going to run when we can, run a set when we have to. You know, I have, I believe that, you know, we're talented enough to where, you know, if certain kids get the ball on the open floor, I'm not screaming your name to stop to set up a play when I know that you can go get a basket. Um, you know, I think that we have pretty good post players to where, you know, rim run, early post feeds, you know, different things. So we'll definitely uh, we definitely looking to play fast, more possessions, get the ball up and down the floor. But obviously we're going to have our sets to where, you know, we're, we're feeding the post. We're getting shooters over and, we're, you know, we're coming off we're we're ball screening, we're, you know, different things. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm more so, you know, interested in teaching them how to play rather than teaching them plays.
0: I think that's also great, too, of somebody you have, of your experience. You play at the highest level. You coach at the highest level. You played overseas. And when you're, you are you've seen what kids that come into the college setting, they are not developed. They don't know how to play basketball. They're just basketball players, and that's a big difference. So you have a unique situation because you, you know so much. Where you can, like you say, you can teach them how to play versus teaching them play. So when they get the opportunity to go to the next level, they're already ready, college ready.
1: Yeah. So, and that's kind of our hashtag right there is college ready. Um, the goal is to to make sure, that, you know, the reason I, I thought that I would be great for this situation is because um, that curve is, is so drastic um, right now, you know, as a, you know, when I was a, as a, as a former college coach, you know, we were getting kids that didn't know, you know, what a, what a reverse pivot was or is, is struggling at passing or struggling at, you know, cross step or, you know, different things that are like, wow, you didn't get that before you got here and so that's 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 huge you know teaching how to play you get coaches now that stand on the sideline and they're screaming everything out to these kids and these kids have no idea of what to do when to do and why to do it and so that's going to be my thing you know it's teaching a lot of read and react situational stuff it's you got to learn how to you know I can tell you what to do and all those things but if, if you don't understand the, the timing of it and you know through my eyes it may look different you know I may have saw something different than how you saw it, and so you you have to learn, you know. You got to learn those things, and so that's more so what I You know, I don't want to send them to college and, and, man, you came from where, and you don't know how to do what? Because that's, that's how I was as a college coach. Right. It's like you 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 number who in the country you came from? What? Okay. You know. So now I'm looking at these coaches sideways. Like, what what are you teaching? Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, for us, any any college coach that, that's that's recruiting, um, you know, my kids or your kids that's coming from my birth that, you know, they're going to want to, they're going to want my kids because they know that their curve is, is, is small. You know, they're already going to know the fundamentals. They're going to, they're going to know how to, you know, be in the gap. They're going to know how to deny They're going to know, know how to be in help side. They, they know what the mid lane, mid line is. They're going to know what a pin down is. They're going to know what a flare, what a fade, what, a, you know, they're going to know that stuff. And so they're going to come to you just, you know, heck, you know, college coaches is to tighten them up, you know, teach them a little bit more and 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 take them to that next level um but as far as the fundamental basics they're going to get that
0: so um as a, a head coach now you haven't coached your first game yet but you've been doing a lot of the head coaching stuff you know even before you got there some people say the difference between being an assistant coach and a head coach is that little six inches between the chair you know what what would you say to people who say that you know now you're a head coach you know what is the main difference for you so far
1: um I mean I would agree with that you know at the end of the day as an assistant you can you can have the greatest plays in the world but it, you know if your head coach says one thing then that's what it is you know no matter what else you know because at the end of the day they, they could final stay on everything um so you know there is a difference um you know right now I, like you said I, I haven't been in a in a um you know we haven't thrown the ball up and, and been in a, a a real live game right now but you know, I've been doing this for, for a long time. I'm, you know, I've watched so much basketball. I am a, you know, uh, when it comes to, to developing like offense and things like that, like, you know, I, I, I watch that stuff. I, I study it, you know, and then, you know, we're doing our practices, we're going to do situational stuff. And so not just for me, but for our players, it's going to be second nature. You know, we're, we're going to practice every practice there's going to be some type of situational scenario so that, you know, when it comes up, we're ready, we're prepared. And that's, like I said, as a coach, obviously I got my clipboard over here. I already have, you know, if I'm in a situation where, you know, you need a three, okay, you need a two, okay, you need a foul, you need to stop, score, stop without a timeout, you know, those things. Those things I already have written up so that that when that timeout comes, I'm already, boom, okay, I got which one I'm doing, this will be doing. So just being prepared
0: we're gonna we're gonna play a little we're gonna play a little situation game um we're going to you know i'm, I'm gonna put you in i'm gonna put you in on the spot here as as a as a new coach you know i'm a i'm i i'm gonna I'm give you a few uh, basketball in game situations that you probably experience as a player and assistant coach that's most likely your experience as a head coach so we're gonna play the no referees okay. halftime adjustment game. So these are all halftime adjustments. I'll ask you a question, okay. and I need a response for your. You'll you'll talk about your coaching staff and present to your team for the second half adjustment. So I got two scenarios for you. First scenario: okay. your team is up ten with six minutes to go in the half. The opposing coach goes to a box and one on your best player or your leading scorer. Your team is struggling okay. to score or find ways to get the ball to this particular playmaker. The team goes on a 14-0 run and takes the lead by four at halftime. Of course, you feel like the opposing coach is going to keep the same defensive scheme for the second half because it's already working. So what kind of adjustments are you going to make uh, with you and your coaching staff to come out in the second half and try to get this W?
1: Well, i start off by saying we are in trouble if we only have one person that can score the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um. If, if yeah, if someone runs a boxing one and it bothers us that much because they've taken one person out the game, yeah, we're, we're in trouble. Um, but, you know, I think that for that, you know, if they're playing a boxing one and, and obviously we're still going to – is it a guard that they're denying or is it one of my post players? Let's just say a guard. Let's
0: just say a guard for right now since you're, you're
1: a guard. Okay. So then, you know, I think that we are – we have a, a really good team. We got some really good sides inside. We just got to find a way to get the ball inside. Um, get paint touches, get the ball into the paint. Um, but again, if a team is stopping one kid and we cannot, you know everybody else, no one else can score, you know that's uh that's 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 tough. That's
0: tough. So, Coach Jennings, you mentioned the first scenario. Uh, you've been getting hit, get him with that box and one. You know, talk about. You know, let's let's go to the end of the game. You know, a lot okay. of different, a lot of different people will have a lot of different comments on what you should do in the in the foul game. So, you're about three. Uh, it's you're on defense with thirty seconds to go. Do you? You're, both teams are in the bonus. Do you foul or do you play straight up defense, and why?
1: So for me um like you said it's so many different ways to skin a cat it's so many different scenarios um first my first scenario would be you know i think that we are we would be good enough defensively to just play straight up d and just run them off the three-point line give up no threes so we would switch pretty much switch one through five depending upon who they have in the game um we definitely we definitely would switch on the flip side of that you know you have coaches that will file to allow them to shoot the free throws and hoping that they miss the free throws, you get the ball, they foul you, and you go down and shoot free throws and go up more points. Um, I've seen that that scenario crush people. I've seen, you know, people foul, they make the first free throw, purposely miss the second one, get the ball back, and then a freak shot, and then boom, you lose, as opposed to if I can control running you off the three-point line, and, you know, if you happen to get a two, I'm still up one, I get the ball, you have to foul me. And so, like I said, it's, it's so many different ways to do it. For me, it would just be, you know, in that game, what's going on? Do we have the momentum? What you know? It's a lot of lot of different things that that could occur. Um, but with no fouls, I think I'm I think I'm gonna play straight up. Thirty seconds, we're up three. You know, if there is someone that has been killing us from three point line, face guard, <laughs> they don't touch the ball. Um, so yeah, a couple different ways to do it. Okay.
0: Well, before we let you out of here, uh, Coach James, you, can you give the No Referees podcast a quick shout-out for the folks, please?
1: Hey, y'all are with my guy. My guy, my guy. <laughs> Everest <laughs> Akajobi, um, great friend of mine. Thank you so much for having me. Um, again, like you said, if you're looking for Mount Girls basketball program, you can find us on all social media, social media networks at MBA, GBB Um, myself. If you're looking to follow me, um, I am on social media network as at special Jennings. Um, My email I'm easy to reach by email, special.gennings at montvert.org. But it's been great. I appreciate you having me. Um, It's always great to, to, to be able to give back and, and kind of, Give my give my knowledge and, and maybe you know if I can help somebody. I can't you know, help one person and I, I feel like I've done my job. So yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for this opportunity.
0: Uh, well, I, I just want to say personally before before I let you out, uh, you know you like a sister to me and I love you and I'm so happy for you. I'm gonna be at the first game wherever it's at or first road game. i am fly in charter. On that Xavier boy, you know I'm gonna get there, <laughs> so I can be there, you know, so I can see you walking the sidelines, you know, in your in your Gucci slippers, you know, because everybody know you're a uh, you know, uh, I got now. You, know uh, you, you know I see you I seen your story the other day when you was going to picture day, you had your your, your Gucci slides on, your Gucci your loafers on. <laughs> so we just, we just want to say thank you for the No Referees podcast team with the team you're already a part of, uh, but again, a special thank you to. You, your, you, you Coach Jennings. we we'll we're so excited about your program this year. Great things. So many athletes going to Division One. So many coaches uh, now with eyes, more eyes on this program because you're there. So it's super excited about that. Super congratulations. Got to say one quick shout out to a team mom, Amber, for holding everybody down in the back in the background. You know, make sure all the Gatorades and make sure you got your notepads and your poster notes <laughs> and your pens and all that. Team mom, Amber, make sure we shout out to her. Can't leave, can't leave her out of this thing. So again, like Coach Jenny That's said. Can, can, like Coach Jenny said, follow her everywhere on social media. Ask Special Jenny; she's a great follow. She gives good advice to the young folks out there, and good, good advice for all the coaches out there, and just great life advice in general. Uh, make sure you you follow the uh, Mount Vernon uh, Girls Basketball Team, like you said, on all the social media platforms at NBA, GBB as well. That is Coach Jenny's Cleveland finest own the habitual gucci stepper special jenny thank you (laughs) thank you very much (laughs)
1: later
0: thanks for listening to another episode of the no referees podcast don't forget to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show and rate and review us on apple Podcasts. and don't forget to follow us on social media at no referees pod to the next episode we out